OHSU recently received an award for sustainability thanks in large part to the efforts put forward by members of the operating rooms. Today, how OHSU is greening the OR. It's Tuesday, November 26th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. First, let's review some of the news highlights over the past week. Well, Patrick, as you know, this is the time of year we need to start thinking about winter weather and its impact on OHSU employees, as well as operations. Yeah, as a healthcare and research facility, OHSU operates 24-7, which means a lot of effort is put into making sure employees are informed of current conditions and can make every effort to get to work. So be sure to check OHSU now for a series of posts on how to prepare, including what modified operations means and how to ensure you're receiving timely notifications. There's also some great tips on things you can do now to personally prepare for a winter storm. And Patrick, I know you're preparing for that first uh, 4 a.m. call with the snow boss. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. When a storm hits, we have a continuous cycle of check-ins and debriefs starting at 4 a.m. to make sure we're communicating updates as quickly as possible. Uh, The team typically doesn't get much sleep during the winter. I'll bet. Well, we also want to remind everyone that the community giving campaign is in full swing. This campaign invites employees to donate to their favorite local nonprofits through payroll deduction. So if you want to sign up for 2020, be sure to submit an online pledge form by this Sunday, December 1st. You can go to OHSU now to view the organizations and for the link to the form. And finally, employee discount alert. Just in time for the holidays, there is a new batch of employee discounts posted. Both the Columbia Sportswear and Nike employee stores are included. These are two very popular ones with employees. So head on over to OHSU now for the details. And with that, we'll move on to our main interview. Kelsey Hewalt recently sat down to talk about sustainability in the operating rooms at OHSU. She talked with Patty Kimbrough, Dan Nels, Jessica Watson, and Alex Farnham about their efforts to reduce their carbon footprint in the OR. All right, to start, can you introduce yourselves and your roles at OHSU? My name is Patty Kimbrough. I'm one of the managers of South OR. My name is Dan Nels. I'm a sustainable operations supervisor. Hi, my name is Jessica Watson. I'm a staff RN and charge RN in South OR. I'm Alex Farnham, um, and I am a surgical tech in South OR and also a master recycler for Clackamas County. So we're here because OHSU received an award, and one component of that, I believe, was around greening the OR. Could someone explain a little bit more about what this award is for and what it encompasses? This is a, uh, a huge shift that most organizations are going towards for sustainability efforts. Uh, it's a full institution um, healthcare focus, but we were, since we're in the OR, ours was specifically greening the OR. The OR has a really big environmental footprint, and we wanted to take measures to kind of mitigate that. So tell me more about what those measures are. What did you do to help green the OR? We have partnered with Stryker and we use a lot of single, uh, we try and remanufacture and recycle single patient use devices, which helps divert medical waste from our landfills using one blood pressure cuff per patient, pulse oximeter devices for uh, patients. We also purchased Megadyne pads, which gets rid of our one-time use Bovi pads. What are those for? 
A Bobi pad is something that we use on every patient for every surgery for an electrocautery device. It helps ground the patient. And in the past, we've used one per patient. Going forward, in, since March, we have purchased Megadyne pads for all of our OR tables, which grounds the patient and eliminates the use for a pad per patient. So we've decreased that by 70% for this year for our next year's application for our green wow. health. Mm-hmm. We also do a lot of little things at the end of surgery when we're done with all our cases for the day, like turning the lights out, dropping the temperature in all of the rooms, turning off all of the extra equipment. So it goes beyond the surgery time as well. I think that this is a a great step as far as um, reusing materials and not just necessarily sending them to recycling, which we do, but also to getting away from single-use items and uh, more rigid containers and processing our biological fluids in a way in which they do not create more carbon in the atmosphere. So how did you all get so involved in this and start the work? What was the catalyst? Spending one day in the OR, and that's the catalyst. (laughs) We produce so much waste, and even though we're all passionate about doing our best um, to reduce the amount of waste in the OR, it's there's so many single-use items, the drapes that go on the patient. Things are contaminated. We can't just throw them in a recycling bin. We have multiple new equipment, types of cautery. Some can be reprocessed, but still they're single-use. I got interested um, in, in finding out what exactly we're recycling. A lot of people think we recycle a lot of items that we cannot recycle. And so I actually took a a master recycling class and learned so much that it just sent me on this mission to learn more and to educate other people into what can be recycled, what the process is. And have you found that the entire OR has gotten behind this? How are you communicating out to everyone? We have a monthly newsletter that we send a lot of our our announcements out. We also just generally have a lot of people that are that were already on board, um, so it really wasn't that difficult. We put up signage in all the rooms. We have recycling bins in the room. We have reprocessing bins when we return our dirty carts um, to CSPD. Uh, so I think in Portland in general and on the West Coast, Pacific Northwest specifically, we already have a group of people that are already pretty focused on this, so it really isn't a hard sell. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of educating people. We are very lucky to have Dan Nels here who uh, has a crew of people who sort through our recycling and make sure that the products that we ha- have been putting in the recycling bin are recyclable and go to the right uh, vendors. You know, it's always hard to throughout the community to educate people as to what is recycling. And in the OR, it's particularly hard to spend the time separating materials. So like I said, we're very lucky to have uh, Daniel Nels and his crew doing the process. So Dan, um, would you give us a little more detail? What is that process like? How does this all work? Sure. So every day we receive approximately 100 to 125 bags from the OR. Um, my staff of seven people sort through those bags, um, pulling out anything from blue wrap, uh, rigid plastic, soft plastic, uh, styrofoam, paper, of course, um, trying to divert that from the landfills. And this is just the South OR? Uh, no. So these bags are all from the South OR, KPV, Dornbecker, and KCI. How much time do you think you spend on that? Depending on the day, um, like I said, we get 100 bags. Those, uh, my employees are also responsible for collecting all the recycling throughout all the all the uh, Markham Hill campus. So we probably, rough estimate of probably four hours per day sorting through. So what's the big 
next thing? What is the next thing you all are going to tackle to even improve further? So I think part of the problem that I've expressed with these these folks is that the recycling market changes so frequently. A lot of our, a lot of our recyclables are uh, diverted to China with everything that's going on nowadays. Um, China has kind of pushed back. Um, by the time, the half the problem is, by the time we get the announcement of what can and can't be recycled up here, it's already changed. Um, it seems like it changes monthly. I know two years ago, we spent over $7,000 on signage. Uh, by the time we got those stickers rolled out, it had already changed. Stuff that we could recycle at, ta- at that time is no longer recyclable. About five years ago, the so-called scourge of the environment, uh, styrofoam, was the worst. It took something like a million years to fully de- decompose. Right now, your soft plastic is probably the worst. We're having the hardest time finding a vendor to take soft plastic. Soft plastic is what you're seeing prohibited from like Safeway and your grocery stores right now. And so if we can find some of our vendors to use something else right now, we can only recycle clear soft plastic, um, all colored soft plastic, which most, I, I believe, OR utensils come in. It has to be thrown into the landfill, which is unfortunate. Also, we get really wrapped up in recycling, which is great. Recycling's great, and we're giving ourselves a big pat on the back. But honestly, we really, moving forward, need to shift our focus toward reducing these one-use items. Um, why are we producing so much in the OR that has to be recycled or going into the landfill in the first place. And also a lot of the items that are reprocessed, there's still chemicals that go into that process. And how great is that for the environment? And we have these large plastic containers and we're like, we can recycle this plastic and it just gets turned into more plastic. It's never actually biodegrading and going into our earth like the way we have in our heads, which sounds nice. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. We need to change our practices and it's going to take some money up front to do this, but we will save money in the long run. Uh, We need to cut back on our polypropylene wraps. They take about 450 years to begin to decompose. We have to start using rigid containers instead of them. We have to start using the Neptune system for processing fluids as opposed to those plastic biohazard containers that we use now. And there are uses for those containers, but we have to start looking towards what we can do without much effort and with some savings. We now put uh, bags on our case carts. We could use a, a closed container or find a better solution to that problem. Those bags are going clear, filmy plastic. And they they are actually contaminated. They can't even be recycled. I think, too, I've done some mission work in Ethiopia, and I think we think the way we do it is so much better, and it's sterile, and it's great. But there they have, um, they reuse their gowns, they reuse their drapes. We have one use for all of those things. So if there is a way to do it, and it's still sterile and safe for our patients, that's definitely the way to go in the future. Is that done anywhere? Like mission work is anywhere in the United States? Yes, it is done here. Yes. Usually ORs will use a third party vendor to clean and package those materials back to the OR. And they, there are some, some benefits to doing that. The instruments don't get lost in the, in the landfill. (laughs) Um, They return those instruments, uh, but it is being done not very often. 
but it is being done in this country. Stryker is a big uh, is a big partner with most hospitals across the country, but they they do a lot of remanufacturing and uh, recycle single patient use instrumentation. So much so, from January through September, we've had over fifteen thousand pounds diverted from landfills from from their from their efforts. So we we like to partner with them, and we really enforce our surgeons and our our teams to use those. The nice thing about Stryker as well is they test every single um, reprocessed instrument, every single one, not just one out of every batch, but every single instrument that's coming back to the OR is tested. And Stryker also for the items that we put in the reprocessed bins that can't be reprocessed, they're still taking the energy to recycle those items. And just as a level setting, can someone explain who Stryker is and what they do? This is Jamie Harrell, the Director of Operations for the EORs here at OHSU. Stryker is obviously a vendor that makes medical devices. Stryker Sustainable Solutions is the segment of their company that manages all of their reprocessing business. So this is all pretty daunting. There's a lot that you could do, should do, all of those things. For other departments at OHSU that are feeling a little bit lost on where they even get started, what would you recommend? So if they want to reach out to me, reach out to the recycling center, we, I do walkthroughs with each unit. Um, we can go hand in hand and take a look at what they produce on their level. And we can go item by item pretty much, whether it's recyclable or not. Great. And is that true across all missions or just in healthcare? No, we actually work quite a bit with academic and research side as well. You could also go to O2 and find the sustainability page and they have lots of information there. Uh, Dan here at the Recycling Center is super hands-on, and I've actually reached out to him personally, and he came and walked with me through our core of all of our supplies, and I pointed out all these individual items that I had questions about, so that way I could take pictures and make a PowerPoint and send it back to staff. I agree, Jessica. I was so impressed with my tour of the recycling facility. Um, it is so organized and well-run. I was very impressed with it. And please, th there is no question too big or too small. You know, we're glad to, we want to get everybody on the same page. We want to get all units to where they're participating at 100%. That's, that's the goal, I think. What other work have you done outside of recycling? Um, that sounds like a huge piece of it, but I'm sure there's been more. So another area that, that the ORs and specifically our anesthesia team has, has contributed to our abilities to, to be sustainable is a few years ago, they started a project to reduce the, the amount of some uh, chemical gases that we use for anesthesia providing, not only from a cost perspective, but from an environmental perspective when they're exhausted. They began by working with the three gases that they have, isoflurane, sevoflurane, and desflurane. Desflurane being the, uh, the most strong of those gases, we'll say. They actually, the, the chair of anesthesia at the time started a project to start reducing that, that gas usage, and it's significantly declined, probably to the 80% mark. I believe our pediatric side has desflurane. Um, is still used for pediatric cases because it is the right gas because you use so very little of it in those environments. But on the adult side, we've removed the vaporizers from the anesthesia machines and they have to specifically request a desflurane vaporizer. And the amount of gases that we carry within OHSU is almost gone. Yeah, there's always so much more to do in the OR and, and in general. Uh, recycling is a great step, but it's just a step. If we're really going to do something great for this planet in the future and for this business, OHSU, we need to start looking 
to not having a carbon footprint here. Everything that we do should be aiming towards that. And there are lots of big corporations who have already started, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago towards becoming greener. And every time we build here, we need to to focus on, can we do this in in a greener way? And the technology is there. Um, A lot of surgeons opt for using one-use staplers, but we do have staplers that you can use over and over and over again, and we're hoping to get more people geared in that direction. We also worked with our facilities and our HVAC groups at the hospital to work on a sleep mode for our ORs when they're not occupied. So at night and on the weekends, we usually have air exchanges of 22 per hour, which takes a lot of energy. And when we put in, we put in these sensors to make sure that the room was not occupied for at least an hour, everything kind of shut down and went to sleep mode. Lights that were left on go down and the air exchanges go down to four per hour. And that's been a huge savings with, with doing that on the KPV side of South OR. So that's been, that's been an amazing project. And I'd like to also say it takes, it takes so many people to do this. It's clinical technologies, it's facilities, it's all of our teams, it's pharmacy. It's, it goes on and on and on. I mean, everybody has a part in this and it's great to be able to work together and do that, but it's also difficult to do that. But I think everyone's really trying. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all and congratulations on the award. I'm excited to see what's next. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. OHSC Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Kelsey Hewall and edited by Isaac P. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. See you next week.